Welcome to the Trade Secrets Inspections Podcast because you need to know. Here's your host, Rick Koyman. Hey there, this is Charlie McDermott, and welcome back to the Trade Secrets Inspections Podcast. I'm back in the Trade Secrets studio. I'm here with Rick Koyman. Rick, how are you today? I am doing excellent, Charlie. It's great to be with you again. Great to be with you, and I'm uh, looking forward to another really important topic. Uh, I know uh, uh, radon is something you and I have kind of discussed off, I was going to say off camera, off microphone, I guess, technically with a podcast. And, uh, you know, coming from Pennsylvania, radon was a big, big deal because we had basements and air quality and all that. And, and so that was an important test. I got down to Florida and I had been... I didn't think radon was a thing here. I didn't realize it until I, you know, we, we started talking. So I'm really happy you're going to get into radon and, and actually touch on some water quality uh, points today. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you because you're the one who should be talking about radon, man, not me. So Rick, fill us in. What's going on with radon in Florida here? Yeah, let's discuss radon first. Let's talk about what radon is to begin with, so we kind of are all on the same page here. When we when we say the word radon, what we're referring to is a gas that's actually produced um, by the uh, disintegration of uranium. Essentially, it's a it's a radiation gas. Um, mm. It's pretty much found everywhere. Um, it occurs naturally in the soil and the earth, you know, all over the place. So, it primarily comes out of rocks essentially, because that's where we're going to find uh, the uranium products in. And uh, depending on where we're at geographically, it does matter. Um, absolutely, there are places where it's more prevalent than others. And um, as a lot of people think here down or down here in Florida, that, that it's really not prevalent in the soil. Um, and that's true to some extent. We do find it in the soil to a degree. And in it, there are pockets where it's more prevalent than others. But more importantly, where we find radon coming from is it actually comes from the building products that are being used. So when really? you know, we're, we're using a lot of concrete products in the state, you know, a lot of things are built out of block and slabs and stones and all those things contain those radiation products in them. So depending on where they were sourced from and, and what we're putting into the home, um, radon levels vary greatly from location to location. So honestly, the only way to know what you got in that regard is to test for it because radon is ubiquitous in, an, in its nature. Um, it doesn't have any taste or odor or color. There's, there's really no way to perceive it, to know that it's around. And, um, you know, the, the government monitors it. Um, there is currently a rating for Collier County is sitting at uh, 20% of the homes right now, or 20% of the land in Collier County is rated at above the safe level of what they measure of four Pico Cure Leaders, Curie Leaders, which is a weird unit. Um, it's just a unit of measure. It's a very small, like it's a trillionth per two radiation units per minute. Um, it's it's a weird science unit, but they, they do have a standard essentially, and, and we can measure to that unit. And the, the standard is four. The cutoff line is 4.0 picocure liters. But okay. Anywhere in that area is going to be, you know, a risk zone to say that 3.9 is safe and 4.0 <laughs> 
is not is kind of silly, but somewhere we got to draw the line. So at 4.0, they say you, you must put a mitigation system in to accommodate for it, but below that, we're not required to. Um, personally, I find it in testing in the area, about one in five homes we test come up positive for it. Um, like I said, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. I've seen it in multiple story condos, you know, a 10th floor unit. The one unit will have it and the adjoining unit will not. And again, wow. it's it's very dependent on, you know, pipe chases and materials used in, in the unit. You know, things like granite countertops can be very predictive yeah. and, and radon you'd be surprised um you know if we put a radon unit a testing unit in a in a in a home and we set it near a granite countertop it will come back positive every time so placement of the devices are are key um knowledge on how you're supposed to set these things up is also you know it's it's part of why they're they're licensed you know state licensing is required to do radon um, I myself am not radon licensed. I use third-party contractors. I have several environmental companies I work with and allow them to do the radon testing. Mm. Um, uh, you know, the the crazy thing about radon is is that it, it's 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 one of the leading causes of cancer in the country. You know, um, especially if you're a smoker, it's it's very dangerous for people who smoke and. It leads to lung cancer. Um, at four Pico Cure Leaders, it's said that 62 out of 1,000 people who smoke will end up with lung cancer. Wow. And if you don't smoke, it's going to be about seven. So it's not as prevalent in the non-smoking community, but it is the leading cause of cancer in the, in the world. You know, so wow. for something that most people don't even realize to pay attention to, it's, it's pretty prevalent. Um, they say 21,000 people per year die from it countrywide, you know, which is more than get killed in drunk driving. That's, that's hmm. an interesting number, right? Um, so what can we do about radon? And, and does it matter the age of the home or any of those things a factor? And the answer is to that is no. Um, actually, we, the, the, the ground is constantly changing what's going on beneath us. And um, what's in the house is pretty consistent consistent generally unless you do remodeling and then I, absolutely you probably want to retest after you do any kind of remodeling but generally they say you should retest every two years um, testing takes a couple of days for a professional test we put a unit in the house it sits for 72 hours and the idea is is to keep the, the home as closed up as possible because radon accumulates over time. So essentially, you know, we're, we generally sleep in it is what we think of it. You know, the house gets closed up and you spend all those hours just laying in there fermenting and whatever is collecting in the house. Um, and if you're not accommodating for higher radon levels, then you're saturating yourself in radon while you sleep. So that's where the health effects come from. Okay. Um, new construction, there is means by which they can do things to mitigate um, the allowed radon to come from the ground. There, there's barriers that can be put in under the slabs, plastics, um, different techniques. Uh, we don't really do that down here in Florida so much. Um, it's mostly coming from the building products <laughs> is the reason why. So uh, we just say, you know, let's just test every unit. And if it's there, we'll contend with it. And there's, 
you know, three to five thousand dollars is typical price range for a radon mitigation system. And essentially, all we're doing is is cycling air in and out of the home so that the stagnation doesn't occur. You know, so it's essentially just a ventilation system that's being put in that's constantly running in the background at a very low pressure so that we reduce the accumulations in different areas. Get the air, the air flow. Yeah, get the air yeah. exactly. Um, there are tests on the market. You can go to the you know your local hardware store and you can pick up a do-it-yourself test for radon. They're generally little charcoal packages that you leave sitting around. Um, that stuff is effective. It's not nearly um, as accurate as the high-quality testing units that we bring in from the environmental companies. Those things are super fancy. They record pressure, temperature. You know, if you open and close the door while the, the units are in the home, it records the pressure changes and the temperature changes, and it's measuring the gas wow. levels. So it, it's a very sophisticated test that's being done that way. So you get a real accurate result. Wow. Wow. Okay. Wow. This is fascinating. You know, it all, all now makes sense to me. Uh, uh, and the fact that building products, uh, is, yeah, that's a, that's really the interesting part of it. The one thing we get, get radon from outside of the building products on it, which is, which is odd in a lot of people's mind. It actually is in the water. Um, especially if we're using well water, um, the prevalence of radon, it's actually dissolved into the water and it actually comes out of the water in a gas form. Um, to some extent, we do ingest it into the if it's in the water in a saturated level. Uh, you know, so when we're drinking it, we, we can be drinking the radon in the water and there hasn't been any recorded high prevalence, prevalence of ingesting radon being a problem it's it's the gas radon that's causing lung cancer that's the that's the real problem so things like when we take a shower you know and there's all this evaporation from the hot water um, high levels of radon in the water will accumulate obviously whenever that's occurring so water can be a very big source of where radon comes from and again there are ways to mitigate the radon in the water. Oftentimes, well systems out here, we use aeration tanks to begin with because of the sulfur content mm. and the odor in the water. And that's a great way to help mitigate the radon as well because it, it gives it time and it, it and it's literally aerating the water. So you're literally taking the gas out of the water, which is exactly what we're trying to do for that. You know, so wow. that's a good move. But, you know, on the topic of water, which is why we were going to Mix today's radon topic with uh, water testing and what's in your water, you know, it's kind of a great segue there, you know. Well water and city water are kind of two different beasts. Um, when we drink from our public water, it goes through a treatment plant. Um, there's requirements of testing and levels of all kinds of different things to be monitored. Um, in fact, water is a very touchy subject with the health department down here and you're always allowed access public access to the testing results but you know testing public water isn't really necessary because it's constantly tested by the government and if you test it yourself and you think you're going to come back and report something to them that you found um, you're going to have a fight on your hands <laughs> <laughs> 
We don't often get into the world of testing city water, but you can test city water if you're concerned with, you know, particular problems of the building you're looking at, like lead pipes or something like that. Oh, it's yeah. localized. Yeah. So in that regard, absolutely, you want to test all sorts of water. Um, the VA, if you're doing FHA or VA loans, um, they specifically require water tests for part of the loan package because they want to know what they're writing a loan on in particular. Um, mm -hmm. There's several different water tests that we can perform for you. We do these ourselves. Um, we don't do the test, but we, you know, we do the sampling and then provide it to the lab and they do all the fancy work for us. Um, there are different ways and different tests out there. Um, there's a simple, what we call the uh, bacteria test. Um, if you're on a well, we recommend that you have your well tested yearly. The water table is constantly changing down here, and you mm -hmm. can have the bacteria move into your well. Um, generally, if you're on a well, you also have a septic in your yard. Um, so depending on how the water table is moving around, you could be bringing bacteria from your septic into your well. Um, so you, you should keep an eye on those things. Yeah. That test in particular is not a big deal. Um, as a homeowner, you can actually do it yourself. You can get a hold of the Department of Health, um, go down to the water department. They will give you the equipment you need to take the sample. You bring it to them, and they'll test it for you for, I think, $50 or something like that. Um, the test we do is basically the same. Um, if we do it on site while we're there inspecting, it, we just charge $75 for the simple well test. Um, and it's going to test for E. coli and coliform bacteria. And, you know, that's just basic health stuff. So you don't get, you know, yeah, yeah. intestinal diseases and constantly have intestinal problems from basically the water you're drinking. Um, outside of that test, there is a full panel test that we can do. Um, that's more of what's called the FHAVA test. Um, that one gets sent to Orlando lab, there's actually only a few labs in the whole country that do the full panel water test. Um, so that one, that one is quite expensive. And in, in fact, that one goes, it's a, it's in the three, $400 range. Um, but it's going to test obviously for the bacteria. It also tests for leads and nitrites and nitrates, um, turbidity, iron, magnesium, pH, um, like I said, it's a full panel test, but it gives you the, the full spectrum of what's in your water. Um, and then you can get really carried away with water testing yeah, and start calling say, out say. for specific yeah. items. And, and that's where these, these uh, central labs come in. And it, you name it, we can test for it. And, and, and it comes with a dollar amount, essentially. The lab <laughs> fees are expensive. These people, the, the laboratory stuff gets pricey. So yeah. when we, we, we do lab testing and all these, you know, mold testing and radon testing, most of the cost of that stuff is science cost, lab, lab fees. Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. Interesting, interesting stuff here. Um, you know, I'm... I'm uh, completely fascinated again by your knowledge, Rick. And uh, I know we have listeners who may have questions, uh, you know, may want to just learn a little bit more about what you cover, although this was very, very thorough. Uh, would it be possible for some of our listeners to get in touch? And if so, what oh, would be yeah. the best way? 
Yeah, absolutely. Please, at any point, you can reach out to me. I'd love to just talk to you and give you some info. Um, if you think you're having issues, we would gladly come out and help you out in any way we can. You can reach me on email at rick at tradesecretsinspections.com. Um, you can call me at 239-537-1186. Um, that's direct number to me. You call me anytime. I take calls whenever I'm available to answer the phone. Well, Rick, Thanks again. Another awesome episode in the can and more importantly, out there helping folks. And we look forward to uh, getting together in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Trade Secrets Inspections podcast. To learn more about Trade Secrets Inspections, go to www.tradesecretsinspections.com or call 239-537-1186.